and welcome to our new podcast, In Conversation, with me, Sarah Williams. Each week, I'll be chatting to someone different from church and asking them about themselves and their story and finding out what their experience of God has been like. So if you have ever looked around church on Sunday morning and thought, I wonder how they became a Christian or I wonder how they came to be here at Southwest London Vineyard and all sorts of other things, then hopefully you should enjoy the next 20 minutes or so. Anyway, enough about me. Let's get stuck in. Well, today I'm here with the wonderful Angela Skillen. Hi, Angela. Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. Uh, I was interested to know, what does an average day look like in your household? Oh, very busy and chaos. <laughs> I live with my son, Daniel and Nick. Daniel, that most people will know in the church. Because he's got lots of energy. I know, I know. So I go to work, Nick goes to work, and Daniel goes to school. He's got five days a week after school activities because of his energy. We need to exert that. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the weekend, I know that you you work one day, don't you? And then yes. you have one day one off. One day on, one day off. Great. So if people haven't seen you at church, it might be because that's oh, your day yes. you're working. Yes. And um, tell us now, how did you become a Christian, Angela? So I've always been born into a Christian family. Um, when I was a teenager in secondary school, I think I followed a group of friends and I was in big trouble. And my mom was called. She has to take me home and we have to sit with my vicar. My mom reported me to our vicar who had a great word with me and took me on a, a camp, youth camp. When I went there, I don't know, I really don't know, can't tell what happened. But since I came back, I did understand the Christian journey a bit more. Because as I said, I was born into a Christian family. My dad and my mom were all leaders in the church. But it was just like every Sunday we go in. But after that camp, I came back from the youth camp. I think I did encounter different things. Where I started speaking in tongues. And everything changed. So I will say that was when. Oh, I wouldn't wow. say when I was little. No. And do you feel like you were filled with the Holy Spirit that weekend? Yes. Oh, yes, right. that was what happened. Amazing. And so did My you... My mum herself, she was surprised because I started speaking in tongues and I started praying. She can hear me from my room. So I don't know. That was, I think that was the time. Wow. And I know you're really good at reading your Bible regularly, aren't you? Yes. Did it start from then or did that come later? It started from there. It did start from there. Because as I said, we were doing that. Mum wakes us up every 4 a.m. The whole house. We come into a communal area. We pray before everybody goes to school. Dad goes to work. So we were doing that. But I didn't really understand. It was just like a tax. Mm. We will be waking up and we're very upset, grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was 4 a.m. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fair enough. And how long would you spend doing that quiet time together? An hour. Because yeah. we will worship. We'll read the Bible and then we will pray for each other. Amazing. And then everybody has their shower. And because we live outside, um, far away from the school, our school, so we have to travel another hour in traffic to get... Dad will drop us all and he will go. When he finished work, he brings her back. And you so, were living in Ghana at that time, yes, weren't you? Yes, yes. And when mm. did you move to the UK? 20 years ago. 
was it 20 years ago? And so which church did you go to when you moved to the UK, first of all? Do you remember? (laughs) We will get there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you tell it in your own time. I will. I will do. (laughs) So, yeah, tell me. When I came to the UK, I came, I was a laboratory technician by then working with my brother. And my sister-in-law was about to deliver. And my brother wasn't around. And that was his, her first. So she needed somebody. So I came. Because of that, that's how I came to the UK, to just be with my sister-in-law. She wasn't a Christian, so church wasn't... Anytime I asked her, oh, can we go to church? Then she would say, oh, in the UK, there's no time for church. Everybody, <laughs> we work Sunday to Sunday, she would tell me. So I went to one or two churches, but because of the way she did, she doesn't like going, mm. I also stopped going. I started working Sunday to Sunday, just like her. Wow. Mm. And but obviously something changed. I know. We will get there. <laughs> so what happened next? I visited a lot of churches, different churches. But as I said, because of my sister-in-law, I didn't really get involved with the church. So I went back home and mum was asking me. I said, oh, I've not really been going to church because Julia... Never really like going. And when I'm going, she will say, oh, this country, people go to church because of the fun, nothing else. And they like gossiping. That's the word she used because mm. it's more of uh, the black-colored skin churches. She's, she will tell me, you're wasting your time. So I also stopped going. That's all I could say. And what did your mom have to say about that? She, she said, oh, you're not going back there again. But... <laughs> My brother came back from, because she, he was traveling around. He's a laboratory scientist. So he said, no, you've got to go back and help her. Because I, I'm not there. She's always on the phone, mm. very upset. So you have to go back. So I, have, I came back to live with her again. I found one church, which I was going on and off. Not really, but I do go. Because the members of the church, they took my address and things. So they would come home. Mm-hmm. When I don't go, they will come and ask, oh, we've not seen you for a while. But I wasn't really into the church. I wasn't really into that. And so then you decided to find somewhere else that you weren't to. And was that Southwest London Vineyard? So, how did I come to Southwest London? (laughs) I had, um, when I came from Ghana, I had a lot of acne as a hormonal thing. So they were very, very nasty ones. I was on the high street and I met a young lady and she just approached me and said, oh, I sell this cream, they'll really help you. So I told the lady, I said, oh, I've just come from Ghana, I'm not working, I don't have money. Then she said, do you mind if I find you a job? I I said, yes, when I get a job, I'll buy the products and try them. And true to her words, two days later, she called me, she said she's children's service manager in Hammersmith. So they've got a lot of care agencies. She's a uh, broker. So she found me the job. I went into care. I really loved it. And then the next thing was, do you go to church? Then I said, oh, not really. But anyway, I want to go to church and I want to go to a white church, if you don't mind, because I don't want any black church. Then she said, just come with me. If you like my church, you can stay if you don't she was smiling when i said i used those words i said i don't go to church but i won't i'm looking for a church and it should be a white church (laughs) 
and she just she was just smiling and she said right on sunday do you mind if i come and pick you where do you live i said i live in brentford with my sister-in-law she came on the sunday and she took me to church and when i got to the church it was riverside vineyard in feltham ah. and the white church i asked was a white church <laughs> and since then i've been going to south no so I, I went to Riverside for eight years. When I moved to Wandsworth here, I was still going back there. And um, Lead, Andy, and the wife, they said because I've had a, a newborn traveling back and forward from Wandsworth to Hanslow every Sunday wasn't appropriate. So they told me there's one closer to me that is southwest London, it's in Patney. I wasn't really keen, so I was still going back. And they keep saying, we give you all our blessing, Angela. You have to go because of Daniel. Anytime you come to church, he's been in the car with you and she's been, he's been crying. When you are coming back, you want to feed, breastfeed him and then make sure he's asleep first. We think it's a good idea for you to join the Southwest London Vineyard. I was still going. <laughs> and then I told them after my baptism, I will start Southwest London. So I stayed until... 2011, July, I had my baptism and I started coming to Southwest London Vineyard. And when I came the first week, I met lovely Sarah <laughs> in the baby room. And I've never looked back again. I remember because we yes. both had our babies at the same yes, time, didn't yes, we? Yes. The first two weeks, anytime I come to the baby room, I'm just being received and Daniel is being taken off me and I can go into the service and I'm like, oh, this one is much better than <laughs> I should have come here ages ago. <laughs> I went to the outdoor service and I met Brian and Jane. And they were so lovely. They prayed for me, even though I've not told them where I'm coming from, what brought me here. And they just prayed. And they said few things that I was going through at that time. And I told myself, I think I'm at the right place with the right people. And I've never looked back. Oh, Well, we love having you as part of our church. That's good. I love it too. And I know that you've served on a couple of the different teams at church. What's your favourite team to serve mm -hmm. on? In the baby room. I knew you were going to say the baby room. <laughs> it's because you're so good with the babies in and the baby the mums. room. I keep telling Daniel... <laughs> I know a lot of kids in church because they all came through that little baby room. Yeah. And you're so good at looking after those oh, mums as well. I love them. I love them. Um, so moving on, what's your favourite worship song? And does it have any particular meaning for you? So I've got a lot of worship songs. A lot of them are in my language. But here, I think it's the blessing, which has just been out over the covid i had a lot of patients i go out and see who were going through a lot of things and especially young ones who were being isolated because i know as a teenager they need to just come out mm. and they were just stuck at home and when i hear the news they are stabbing um they are hurting themselves self um harm harm a lot of depression among the youth 
my heart just breaks. And so I love that song. When I sing it out, it, it's just to bless those young ones and those elderly who are being kept at home. They can't see anybody. Mm. That was how I, every morning now, I just go singing them. Don't ask me who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on. Give us a little bit. <laughs> oh, but I think like when that song first came out, it had such a powerful impact. I mean, it was in the BBC news videos. Because... It, still, it still have that impact because when mm. the way they even started, they would tell you they were just in a group mm. and something just came out. And I think that is how, that is why the song is so much, it really touched me. When I see Daniel, I see those young ones. Mm. And I think it's and the all same the... way I'm blessing Daniel, I'm thinking, oh, those young ones out there, yeah. they really need that. Yeah. And I think it's all the different types of community churches all coming, coming together, together as one. Yes, That's... yes. I wasn't even, I didn't even watch that until one of my friends told me. I love the way every the people have just come from different walks of mm. and coming together to do that song. I said, oh, is that really? I don't know. I yeah. just listened to it. Yeah. And sang along to yourself, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, so we've talked about your favourite worship song. Do you have a particular favourite Bible verse? No. I would say it's Psalm 23 because that <clears throat> I say that that little verse every morning. A little verse every morning. I'm trying to teach Daniel as well, but he finds it a bit funny. Can you remind, do you, can you say <clears throat> what it is off the top of your head? I think surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So no matter how, what I'm going through, I just remind myself with that. Yeah. And I tell myself, no, the Lord says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why am I? upset why those just that little bit i mm. i want to teach daniel as well and how encouraging you know, to say that first thing in the morning oh, before yes. you know mm. what the day mm. will bring mm. because community nursing is all about driving around it's apart from thinking about what you're going to do for the patient you on the road as well mm. it's not driving it's what we do all day long so i just tell myself surely Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Oh, I've got another one. It's, um, oh, that's a song. It's not a Bible verse. Um, <clears throat> oh, I can't remember the song now. How does it go? You go before me and... Oh, I can't think what it is mm. either. We'll think of it later. Mm, yeah. But this is good. So you talked a little bit about community nursing. Mm. So that leads me nicely into what are you passionate about and what are you doing about it? I'm passionate about healing. And I tell you what, years ago, I used to go to Balam with um, Steve and Viv to do this healing on the streets. I prayed for somebody and I told Steve, I said, nothing happened. And then he said, oh, don't worry about it, Angela. It doesn't happen here. It will happen. It will happen. The person will come back and find us here next Saturday. We used to go Saturday afternoon and they will tell us, then one day, Viv told me, do you know your work that you do is healing? Because going to people and just making sure they are fine, giving them injection, doing this is healing. I didn't even look at my work like that. Mm. Until when Viv told me, 
I told myself, yes, I think this is the time I can do more ministry with mm. my work. Mm. So instead of me just going into the patient's home and just giving them injection, I just asked the Holy Spirit to come. Because you can give the injection and just come out and the patient is just the same as you met the patient. So I told myself, I think this healing that I can do on the streets, I will be greater doing it at home. So I go to patient, they are very down, very depressed, they don't have anybody. And I just go, put my hand around because in my work ethics, we are not supposed to be praying out aloud or not letting the patient know mm. which faith I, I, I do belong to. But one or two patients, when you go, I go there and I come out, they say, oh, I feel so much calm. I was very upset. I was this, I was this. And I'm saying in my head, I put my hand around you. I was, play, I was praying, but you, I didn't want you. Did, to, they didn't know. They didn't know. I yeah. know how distressed you were and I was praying. Yeah. So the patient's telling me that. I started telling myself, this is why I can do my healing. Yeah. And even sometimes I do go into the patient's home. I don't know what faith. I don't want them to know mine. But the patient brings something up. And then we start talking about the Bible. Mm. Or we start talking about our faith. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just your healing words, is it? You've got magic hands, haven't you, Angela? Oh, God. <laughs> That's what the nurse is saying. Because I like, wound care. So I like to take patients who have got leg ulcers and they've gone through it for years and years. It's not healing. And that is why I tell, the, I tell my nurses, I think the Lord has really blessed my hands because everything I touch mm. is healed. And they think I'm joking. So as time goes on, they come to hand over and they said, oh my God, I saw this patient. How did you do that? The wound is literally healed. We've had, we've started going there then they will tell me years ago when you were not here she had this wound i said i don't know i keep telling you my hands are blessed and i start singing in the office i have a little silly song as my hands are blessed my hands are blessed with the blessing of the lord with the blessing and I don't think anybody is going to deny that, are they? Because the evidence is on your patience, isn't it? When I sing that at home, Daniel and Nick, they don't like it. <laughs> oh, you've got a horrible voice. Stop singing. I completely disagree. <laughs> but I know that you see the actual person. And I think in your line of work, especially going into these older people's houses, sometimes it's really hard to see the value in somebody when they're no longer contributing to society. But I think the Lord has placed something really special on you so that you can see them, like really see them. And you're, I guess that's how you're able to bring the healing mm. to them. Yes. Because you're asking the Lord to come and help you mm. because you want to mm. make a difference in their lives. Mm. I think um, my work as a um, lone worker. So what happened is that when I'm going to the patient's home, I just ask the Holy Spirit to come because I don't know what I'm going in there. So in as much as I'm praying for myself mm. to come out safe, not mm. in pieces, <laughs> I'm praying that when I go, whatever the patient is going through, the Lord should just make a way. Yeah. So sometimes you go to a patient, not just the patient, but the family. Mm. The family looking after the patient, they are exhausted they have, and they can tell you, they don't, some of them don't hide it. I'm fed up. And this is another thing too. Every day I do pray when I'm going to work. 
Give me the words. Mm. Give me the wisdom that you gave Solomon because this is how it's just sometimes it's just the words. Mm. And then the family will tell you, oh, you've done so much. And I'm like, I just gave a shot here. I didn't do so much. Then you go back again and then they will tell you, you know what, Angela, when you left, this happened, you know. I never felt that. And I'm like, oh, can you go much details and tell me what did you feel? Paul was very calm. He slept the whole night and I was able to sleep. For a while now, he hasn't been sleeping. So I have to be coming down all night and I'm so exhausted. But I'm really surprised when you left. And I'm so this is another thing. Just not. I asked the Lord to come with me, to give me those words, just to give the patient and the family. So sometimes I just say things, but I think it means so much to them. Mm. I tell them, you are not alone, you know. Mm. Just give me a call. You know, you can give me a call. And they ask, are we supposed to be giving you a call? I said, you can call the office number and tell them you want to speak to Angela. Mm. And they will let you speak to me. Are you sure? Even just letting them know there's somebody there. And doesn't that speak into what we were learning on the difference course recently about being present? Oh, yes. Do you know what I mean? You're mm. present with them mm. when you're actually yes. there and they yes. feel that. Mm. But also, you're taking the time and saying, mm. I'm not just here today. Yeah. If you need me, mm. you can contact me mm. and I understand and I want to help you. And obviously, it's having such a mm. huge impact in mm. these families' lives. I went for an interview, I think, two weeks ago. And I took some letters with me that patients and their families have written. So they were asking me, have you, what impact have you got on your patient? And I, I just brought those few, two or three letters. I used to give it to the trust to put it on their page. But one nurse told me, no, you need to keep this. They're good for you in the future when you want to go up. When I gave it to them, they, when they read the letter, one of the panel was like, this is really touching. Mm. I don't know how. We've never got a letter like this all our years. And I'm like... They haven't got the healing hands like you do, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is there... I mean, it sounds like the Lord goes with you every single day that you're at work. He has to come because I can't do this. No. And that's my prayer in the car when I'm going. I said, I can't do this. Mm. I've got a lot of stuff weighing me down. But you know, when I get to the patient, I don't want them to know. I just want to help them. Mm. So you have to come with me. And especially the wisdom, I said, sometimes I feel so tired and I don't know. But when I get to the patient, I feel so happy. Yeah. Do you feel that that's because you clearly have a calling for the work that you do? And when we're living through the purpose of our calling... Do you know what I mean? Yes, That's yes. what's making mm. you happy and mm. enabling you to mm. put down the stuff that weighs you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do I told somebody I don't get involved much in church and that really, really bothers me so much that sometimes when I think about it and then she's, the person said, I don't think, I think it's okay. I don't think you need any more church. You already have the church every day with your patients. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Probably preaching left, right and centre and they don't even realise it. <laughs> well, I like it when they bring it up. Oh, blessing on your head. Oh, God bless you. And I'm like, oh, are you a Christian? Then the thing starts. 
Mm-hmm. I like it when they bring it up because <laughs> I, I already want to bring them in, but I'm not allowed. So you're sort of like giving them the eye contact. Do you want to talk about something? Oh, let me help you. So uh, I can see that probably some of these situations bring you a lot of fun. But is there yes. anything specifically that you do for fun that you that brings you joy? My work. All right. But no, outside of your work, no. what do you do for fun? Nothing really. My 11-year-old my was saying, you love your work so much, mummy. <laughs> so he keeps going, when are you off? I said, oh, I'm off this day. Then the day will come and I'm going to work. Then he would say, oh, I thought you said you're off. I said, somebody's not feeling well. I need to go and cover. I don't know how work is fun for you, mummy. You love, that's all I can say. I don't have anything fun. I love cooking. That also makes me happy when I'm cooking for the boys. Yes. What's your favorite yeah. thing to cook? Or what's their favorite thing to eat of your cooking? <laughs> Jollof rice. Jollof rice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Extra spicy or just the right oh, amount? No, 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 not for them. <laughs> they won't love it. My hard work will go down the drain. <laughs> no. What's your favorite thing to cook? It's a Ghana dish. It's I um we cook it with spinach. With plantain, right? Plantain. Nice. Mm. Oh, maybe you should kick that at church sometime. Oh, I will try. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I've been told I have to go to MasterChef. So I'll go and cook that there. Excellent. And Daniel said, nobody will eat it, you know, mummy, because they don't know what it is. Oh, no, no, no. They like mysterious things. <laughs> I so, know. Yeah, MasterChef. They, yeah. they, they appreciate good food. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now we've talked about what you do for fun. I'd like you to imagine that you're on a desert island. Does that bring you with joy or does it fill you with dread, first of all? That will fill me with dread. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never liked being on my own. I think that is why I like my work so much, meeting people and just having that chat. So being on my own in the desert, uh, very scary. All right, so we need some stuff on this desert island to make you feel better. (laughs) So the first thing you need on your desert island, all right, if you could take any book... You get to have the Bible automatically. Mm-hmm. What book would you take? Um, it's written by Samuel it's Baxter. And this book means so much to me that one of my neighbours gave it to me years ago. And she told me she has had it for years as well. She was a district nurse, so she was always, it's a long work. Uh, work is a long work, so if you don't have anything that keeps you going, you. So she told me she always read it, especially when she goes to the patient and they die. She comes out, she feels that loneliness. Mm. So I like that book. It's um light on my path, a light on my path. Is yeah, she gave it to me. I keep that book with me everywhere I go. Every single day, I have the book with me. Wow. Well, you're going to be alone on your desert island, so yes. it sounds very appropriate that you oh, be yes, taking that book. Yes, yes. So um, when I read it, it brings stuff. It's like a practical things that we go through every day and what to do when they come in. Oh, it does sound good. Mm. So um, you've got your book. Yeah. What about a luxury item, something to treat yourself with or make it not so difficult on the island, you know? That would be music. That's another thing that makes me really happy. Oh. Oh, okay. No matter how sad I am, when I hear music, I'm just happy. So are we talking like mm. you'd need a big hi-fi, oh, yes. massive speakers, I mean, yes. make as much noise as you like? When I want to annoy the voice at home, that's what I do. 
And you're playing eighties cheese or no. oh <laughs> gospel music. So we'll be having gospel music on repeat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a, a hi-fi, we've got our book. Mm-hmm. And um, what food would you take? What snack would you like to have on your desert island with you? I like this oaten and honey bars. I can have 20 in a day. <laughs> Where do we get these honey bars? <laughs> they sound good. 20 in a day? Uh, I think because of my work as well, we're always driving around. So sitting down to eat is also another trouble. And that's where I got those from. I can eat a lot of them and I'm fine. Keeps you going. Yes. Sounds like good energy food. Oh, yes. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Angela, thank you so much for talking with me today. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Thanks for listening. If you think you'd like to have a chat with me, why not get in touch with the office? Otherwise, look forward to listening to our next conversation sometime soon. Bye!